Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, this is our fourth day, I believe, of our Wealth Summit. And I want to hope and pray that uh, you are continuing uh, to get a grasp and a, a grip of what uh, God would like you to know about his will and about his purpose, that you may no longer be able to be uh, captured by the spirit of the age. And I want you to know that God's covenant is still in effect. God's way is still in effect. And his way is higher than our way. Uh, yesterday we talked about the blessing and the blessed identity. And uh, you're wondering, when are we going to talk about money? And I told you that it is important. You cannot, you can be, once you are blessed, you automatically, you will become rich. And the blessing is proven in times of adversity. The blessing is proven in times of scarcity. The blessing is proven in times of austerity. And if you can get blessed, then seasons cannot stop what the blessing carries to produce because the blessing will make you rich and it will add no sorrow with it. So today we want to add another facet as to this formation because that's what I talked about yesterday of the new, uh, the being, being formed in you and I urged you that we are praying every day in the morning uh, between 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock. You can join in at 4.30 up to 5.30. But I would advise that you wake up and just be there for one hour and just be in prayer and build with us in prayer. Rarely do I uh, pray with people, uh, but uh, at such a time as this, uh, we just have to increase our, our capacity for what we can be able to carry. And so one of the uh, things that God has blessed me and graced me with is, is, is a grace, is for wealth. And one of the books that I'm writing, even uh, putting together, is the 10 Rules of Money. And uh, those are God uh, pouring uh, revelation insight because God does not want his children without wealth. God does not want his children without resource. God does not want his children without ability to, uh, to, to meet their needs because the Bible says that money answers all things. So money is what you can use to answer things, but money is not everything. So money is used to answer things. So there are things that are coming in your life and they only require a financial answer. And so what God wants you to do is to get the thing that makes money be able to be available to you for everything that you may need a money answer. We have been calling for miracle provision, miracle supply, and this is not just going to happen for a week. This is not just something going to happen during this time of prayer. This must be an identity that resides within you, that causes you to enjoy a supernatural uh, flow and supernatural provision. And so uh, I want to start us off. Uh, as you already know, my name is Pastor Welio Dendo. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, 
I am the lead pastor of Lifepool Chapel right here uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. And those of you in Nairobi, it's on Outering Road. And so as we start today's study, I want to look at one of the things that made people not to be able to enjoy prosperity and uh, not to be able to enjoy this blessing because this blessing is operational from within. It hinders the formation of the blessing. It hinders that formation from taking shape. And uh, if we don't tackle it, if I don't put this in place, then you are going to remain obsessed and attracted and diverted by money because you have got to know this, that money can be a diversion to what God has called you as your destiny. Money can be a diversion. And if you end up going after money without the necessary equipping for what you need, then money will lure you into a trap. And we said in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 12 that man is held in a cruel net. And so you can find yourself as you're going after money, you're putting yourself into very cruel hands and those cruel hands will crush you and eventually they'll collapse you. But if you walk with God, then money is one of the things that God has made a way for the children of God to enjoy. And so I'll be looking, and then I'll, I'll finish by putting the characteristics uh, of the Gentile mind. But first I have to dig and cut deeper so that you can see how uh, the Gentile mind lodges itself within us and creates within us uh, inner uh, internal poverty by it remaining lodged within us. And that's why no matter how much amount of money we put into your life, it will never translate into substance because everything you get, every money you get, you use it as a Gentile. It is being operationalized by a gentle, uh, a Gentile software that every result it produces is a Gentile result. And so I want to start off our study today. And the person who introduced that subject was the man, Jesus himself. And in the book of uh, Matthew chapter number six, uh, he teaches on, on three things. He teaches on generosity. Uh, he teaches on prayer. Uh, he teaches on fasting. And then he teaches on treasures. Now, uh, as he's teaching on treasures, he begin to introduce uh, a very critical subject as he's coming to his close. Uh, and he starts teaching about obsessions and compulsions because uh, a Gentile uh, mind is a compulsion that is uh, geared towards uh, uh, trying to attain material wealth. And as it tries to attain material wealth, it tries to attain it without the right kingdom picture. And if you don't cure the compulsion, the compulsion will make sure that you're never aligned with the kingdom. And when he ends the book of Matthew chapter 6, he ends by saying, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. But a Gentile mind will make sure you never actually be able to see that there is a kingdom way into getting material blessing. And the kingdom way is in such a way that it makes the thing become the slave of the kingdom. But in the Gentile way, the kingdom becomes a slave of the thing. And so everything you do, you do it at the expense of the kingdom. And yet the kingdom, the kingdom agenda, the kingdom compulsion, because there must be a compulsion that has been born within you that is able to make you go 
and attain that. So we want to look at the Gentile mind. And Jesus in his discussion, he says here, we will not read the entire uh, scripture, but he says in verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Now you must ask yourself, where is that coming from? When it says therefore, that means there is a structure above that when I say therefore, that means I've already put a structure above that is able to make you see so that it connects to the therefore. So if we read therefore, do I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing then he says look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap which of you by worrying can add a cubit to his stature but as he, he builds down he says verse 30 now if god so clothes the grass of the field which is today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven will he not much more clothe you so our God is committed to clothing you. Our God is committed to prospering you. Our God is committed, O ye of little faith. So we are seeing something there. Then he says, verse 31, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? And what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, he puts the big word there, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles seek. So, uh, creation and we sons of God, we have been uh, so akin and attuned by the Gentiles until we have started to feel like that for every uh, uh, question and for every need in our lives, that the Gentile way is the way of attaining that goal. But there has to be a separation and a breaking away from the Gentile because if you don't break away from the Gentile, then you will not be able to access what God's order and God's part is and God's plan for your life is. And remember, when we are discussing about wealth, I told you yesterday, when you are discussing about wealth, I told you that uh, there are children and there are sons and the blessing is for the son and this blessing that you're talking about, when you're in a state of a child, you're in a state of innocence where the father brings it and does it for you. But when we look at wealth in the Bible, it is in the level of sons, and that is where God involves you. So when it comes to your wealth journey, your involvement is a prerequisite to the wealth that you're going to enjoy in your life. And so as we are talking about the Gentile mind, we want you to first of all get it from me that God does not have money, but God is involved in how you make and how you can make your money. So he doesn't have it, but he is involved in how you can make and generate uh, money with your life. But he is not a participator in the Gentile mannerism of how wealth is created and how wealth is generated. And remember we said that the blessing is about your being. It is about your being. It is about forming you, forging you, uh, developing an inner frame in you. And it says, for the Gentiles seek after these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So our God is not blind to our needs. That is the thing you have to know. Our God is not blind to our needs. And so if, uh, if you allow 
uh, the Gentile uh, mindset to run within your system, it will put you in a posture of thinking that God is not as much concerned by your needs, but you will now begin to feel like that your needs are your own and are your personal responsibility and God is not involved. But that is a Gentile way of thinking. And so we have to go back and get to the place where the Bible says, therefore, because there is where the change occurs. And so it starts by saying, before you get that Gentile mind, it starts in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. It says, do not lay up for your treasures on earth where moth rust uh, destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That is to show that the earth also has a way of uh, holding treasure, but the earth as a system is a very highly exposed system. And so the Gentile system is an earthly system that is highly exposed. And that high exposure in the Gentile system is that this Gentile system is exposed to moth, is exposed to rust that destroys and where thieves can break in and steal. And so the first thing you have to know that the earth is also a system that tries to lure you as a custodian of treasure or of wealth. But any uh, Gentile mind is trying to make the earth your system of wealth creation and multiplication, but you find that it is a system that is exposed to rust, and it is a system that is exposed to moth, and it is a system that is exposed to, uh, to thieves, and it is a system that people can break into it. So that is one system. And then he says this, but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, for, for many of us, when we think of heaven, we think of heaven as a place, but we are going to deal with that. But, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy, nor thieves do not break in and steal. So this is to tell you that there is another system that is available that is impenetrable to decline, that is impenetrable to rust. There's another system that is available to us that can conserve whatever we put in in and it can give us an, a return on investment at a higher continuous yield other than the system of the earth. And so when we begin to talk about systems, then we begin to see that, that now there is the earth and there is the heaven. And then it moves on to say that both of them have capacities to handle treasure, but both of them do not have the same return and the same securities. And when we are talking about money and wealth, you will know that security is a symbol of trust and it is what qualifies you for credit. And so when we are talking about a system, it is a trust. And so the earth as a trust system, it is something that you can be sure when I have a trust, some, a trust deed, it qualifies me for credit. That is for something that I don't have. So the earth is a system and the heavens is also a system. When we move on to verse number 21, we see here, now for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So that is to say that the treasure system is a frame and a way of the heart. So when you are talking about the heavens and the earth, we are talking about the heart. 
We are not talking about a place. We are talking about the heart. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And that is to tell you that you cannot grow your money, you cannot grow your wealth without the function of the heart. The heart must place it somewhere. Your heart must be placed somewhere. And where you place your heart, that's the, 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 the plane upon which your wealth shall flow from. But then it moves on to say, that this thing called the heart, we are going into the Gentile uh, system, this thing called the heart, so the earth is a Gentile way, whereby in the Gentile system, there is rust, there is moth, and there is all things, and all of these things are in the heart. Then verse 22, now he opens up now the state of the heart, and he says, the lamp of the body is the eyes. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. So we see here that it is the light that comes into the heart through the function of the eye that determines where you will have good. And then he says, but if your eye is bad, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore, then he puts a caution, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Then he says this, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one or love the other. He will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and that is money. So what happens here is that your heart is the chamber of enthronement. Your heart is the chamber of enthronement. And whatever your heart enthrones, that's what you serve. And so in the Gentile system, it is a system that has enthroned money and serves money. And it serves money because money, the Bible talks about, if therefore the light that is in you is, in, is darkness. And now we children of God, we are in the light but we have allowed the light of the Gentile, the light that is in us to be made dark by drawing in the light of the Gentiles. And so now we find ourselves uh, battling as they are battling uh, for how do we make sure we come up with a system that is able to make sure that it doesn't trust and it doesn't decline. And I'll show you here that as we are discussing about the Gentile mind, that there are characteristics of a Gentile mind, but we are going to get there. We first have got to see where the Gentile mind is lodged. Because if we know where it is lodged, then we see if we can dislodge it from us, then we can awaken a new reality and a new system of how we are going to pursue our financial freedom and enjoy supernatural financial uh, supply. And so this now here becomes that the Bible says in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 11, 12, sorry, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, it says, Either, Matthew 12, 33, says, either make the tree good and its fruit good. So if you want to make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruits bad. 
For a tree is known by its fruits. So your life is a tree. Your life is a, is a, what you are experiencing financially is the fruit of the tree of your life. And so when we get to the next verse, it says, brood of vipers, how can you be evil and know how to give good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then it says, a good man, out of the good treasure, Matthew 13, 35, a good man, out of the good treasure in his heart, brings forth good food, good, good, good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So we can see that our lives are just bringing forth the treasure in our heart. So how we have enthroned money is how money manifests in our lives. Now, those who are mastered by money, they can never have the fruit of money because the Bible says out of the goodness, the, the treasure that is in the heart is the treasure that will manifest in your life. And so unless you change how you do your thing and unless you understand how your, 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 your inner man functions in the wealth creation, then you're going to be scavenging for money without uprooting the system that eats your money that is the Gentile mind. And maybe when we talk about the characteristics of the Gentile mind, then you will know that there is a, 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 an ability that it can stay locked within us it can stay lodged within us and we don't even recognize that there is a Gentile system or a Gentile mind that is drying and, and, and it is decaying every good thing that is in our heart because evil is anything that kills life. And so if there's an evil heart, it will kill everything that gives life. And so we can see now that if your eye is good... Therefore, your everything is good. And then you see again that a good man out of the goodness of his heart will bring forth good fruit. So I want to show you that poverty and lack is actually not lack of money. It is a state of being also. Prosperity is also not a lack or is not having a lot of money. It is a state of being that has been connected to a manner of doing. So it is a state of being that has been connected to a manner of doing. So for you to be uh, wealthy, you must first have the state of being and connect it also to a manner of doing things. So the state of being is being blessed. The manner of doing is wisdom. And so when we see here that the eye is, 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 the, uh, the lamp of the body is the eye. And if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. So this is the wisdom that if wisdom, if you have light is your perception of things. And so when we want to discuss about wealth, we see that it is our perception that controls our financial future. And without the right perception, we will not have the right production because our performance is interconnected with our perception. On Saturday, we are going to be having a healing and prayer service. And one of the things we are going to be praying for is for God to heal us and for God to deliver us and for God to set us free. And so when it talks about perception, our ability to perceive is what controls our ability to produce. But if our ability to perceive 
has been choked, has been uh, clogged, then automatically it begins to capture because perception is not reality. Perception is how you interpret the realities in your life. And so when you are looking at life, you'll discover that when we want to talk about wealth, it is about how you interpret the things in your life currently. Because money will not come from heaven. Money will come from how you are able to interpret. And then I'm talking about interpretation is how you are going to maximize whatever is in your life right now. Now, if you have the wrong perception, then you have an inability to maximize what is in your life right now. And now what will happen, your perception will collect all the things that kill your wealth and then they will load up within you and then suddenly you will enter into a state of worry. And so when your perception has been corrupted or your perception has been blocked and blinded, then suddenly you begin to be, uh, you begin to be uh, recognizing the limitation in your environment. But when your perception is right and what we are calling the eye, when your perception, which is the lamp, connects to the light, because like right now in this room, there is darkness outside, but with a small bulb here, I can have light in this room, and that is what perception does. It customizes the environment that you are in by maximizing everything that is in that environment. And that is why when God wants to do something in your life, he cannot bypass your perception. He has got to work through your perception. Now, the Gentile mind, when you are going to be looking at it, that one of the things of the Gentile mind is a perception and an obsession and an, 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 an obsession of limitation and an, an obsession of, of breakdown of itself in any environment. So the Gentile mind in any environment becomes obsessed with the limitation and its power to adequately work and produce because of limitation. And so whenever we are dealing with the Gentile, you'll see that their life and God is trying to say, one of the things about the Gentile life, he says, is life not more? Because the Gentile life is not caught up in the more. The perception has been reduced that instead of it being caught up in the more, it is now trying to be caught up in the little and in the now. And we are going to be looking at the characteristics of the Gentile mind when we get to the end. And that is one of the things you are going to have to pay attention that you cannot be rich without having a perception for more without having the right perception of what more is to your life right now than what is happening in your life right now. Because by your perception, you can escape the square, the pressure, the immediacy of what is in your life because there are things that are happening in your life right now that want to become your obsession. The lack of food, the lack of water, the lack of this, and they want to become an obsession. But by the power of your perception, you can be able to escape and enter into the place of light and come up with the manner in which you're going to continue to multiply. And that is what the Bible calls the kingdom. Because the kingdom, it is not a place. The kingdom is a way. It is a way of mastery of environments by the power of the right perception that gives you the ability to remain productive in every season. So we are going to get there 
in a few minutes. And so when we are discussing about poverty, it is a darkened perception. So for most of us, we have, uh, you may listen to a sermon on wisdom, you may wake up, and this is why praying people struggle, because when praying people are praying, we pray that God will answer and give us the thing. But that is a child, because a child has no power to produce the thing. My child, if they want a toy, they are not qualified to work. They cannot go to work, but now they have to look for me so that I can go get them and ask me whether I will, because children operate by rewards and children operate by getting requests. And so when my child wants something, they have to uh, either do something, I reward them with it, or they have to request it and I see if they can meet it. But when you come into the kingdom, the kingdom does not operate by reward, because as much as uh, you will be doing your thing, it will not be about reward. The kingdom operates by keys. It doesn't operate by rewards. It operates by keys. And so when you want to come into this place, and that is what a key does, because a key only opens when it turns and it closes when it turns. And that is what perception is. It is a turning. There is one way when you can look at things that it looks closed, and then you turn a key and suddenly it opens up. And if you can be able to journey with me and know that whatever situation you are going through right now, that even today, somebody just sent me news today, on my phone that Facebook has bought uh, a $5 billion company in India, Jai uh, Communications, $5 billion right now, that right now, while we are still scavenging, that there are still multi-billion transactions happening because they are in a different reality than we are. And so unless we scale up our perception as children of God and know what exactly is choking our perception, then we will not be able to rise and become solution providers in the time that we are in. Now you will notice because of these sessions we have to move fast uh, we cannot, uh, I cannot move at the pace of a teacher, so you have to listen now, and then listen a second time, and maybe listen a third time, that by the time the video is being brought down, you have captured the, master, the much you need to get. So by the time Jesus is talking about therefore, he's talking about be careful, be careful that you don't get to a place where mammon has now grown in you to the point that it is now requiring that you serve it, because by the power of a of your perception, you either enthrone money to be master or you enthrone the kingdom to be a master. And when you enthrone the kingdom and you enthrone God to be a master, then suddenly you are able to enjoy a level of life that you were not enjoying before. So we, we, we want to go quickly and dig deep into this Gentile mind and see where it is lodged. And when we see where it is lodged, then come back and uproot it by looking up at the characteristics of the Gentile mind and we can see that the Gentile mind is always exposed to decay and decline. At the end of it all, it is a system that is, it is exposed uh, to decay and it is exposed to decline. And you're going to be looking at that in a few minutes. So journey with me quickly to the book of Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. If you're there, the Bible says, thus I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, Ephesians 4, 17, it says, thus I say, uh, therefore, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Wow. What is that? Thus I say, therefore, 
that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now, if you go up there in verse 14, you'll hear again that we should no longer be children. Mm. So the Gentile is equivalent to the child. So when it comes to financial matters, that you should no longer be children, that you should no longer be Gentiles. Ephesians 4.17 That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And look at this. In the futility of their minds. Now this Gentile identity, it, it is an identity that operates from a futile mind. From a futile mind. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So we read the next verse. It reads and says that having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with all greediness. We keep reading. We keep reading. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed, if indeed you have heard him, and have been taught by him as truth in, is in Jesus that you put off. Wow, that's a PowerPoint. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful of lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That is the root of how the Gentile mind operates. The Gentile mind is a mind that we have seen that has a man has an old man and a new man. An old man and a new man. So it says here that the Gentile is the old man controlling the new man. The Gentile, every one of us as children of God, you have a new man in you. You have a, 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 a new man in you. And that new man is the way of the kingdom. Listen, God does not transact with the old man. Why are you going through challenges? It's because you are trying to deal with the challenge using the old man, the old man. And so our task today, I told you yesterday, until Christ is formed in us, how do we get him to be formed in us? That is a something that we need to ask ourselves because if we can't get him to be formed in us, if we can't get Christ to flow in us, then what will happen? We will find ourselves operating from the place where 
where we cannot be able to enjoy the thing that comes with the new man. And so we see that the Gentile mind is the old man ruining or mastering the new man. The old man mastering the new man. When the Gentile mind is in place, you will see that there are some of us who have given ourselves over that we cannot be able to see the old man for who he is. How do I know the characteristics of the old man? I want to read it for you in the Amplified. I'm putting it up here. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Talking about the same uh, story. But uh, Colossians chapter 3. I'll teach you something. And if you get it, you'll maybe get far in your life. Verse 3, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I hope this is not too much Bible, because if it is too much Bible, I'll be happy. You need too much Bible. Colossians chapter 3 says now, if then... Chapter 3. <clears throat> we can st Let's start chapter 3, then I'll, I'll take you to chapter 2 and show you something about the old man. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on things above. This is, we're talking about the gentle mind. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. Mm. So there are things that are above the earth. Mm. For you died, you, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and what? Covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of God. Verse 7, in which you yourselves, Colossians chapter 3, you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now, but now, say now, now you yourselves are to put off all this, all this. Malice and blasphemy and filthy language out of your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, Colossians 3.10, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So we have to dig. We have to dig. We have to dig. Let's look at the old man, Colossians 2.20. Therefore, if you died with Christ, 
from the basic principles of the world. Colossians 2.20 Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to such regulations? Do not, do not, do not. Which all concern these things which perish with using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. These things have indeed an appearance of wisdom self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. So now I have to piece all this together and now we are going to just capture and travel with me in this uh, revelation. Now, the first thing you have to know is that the old man is a manner of doing things. And one of the characteristics of the manner of doing things is greed and covetousness, which is born out of a, a way of trying to make the environment be stable so that you can survive. And that is what greedy people do. They are trying to stabilize the environment and so they are consumed by trying to stabilize the environment. And the Bible says here, the Bible says here that when we are looking at the Gentile mind, when we are looking at the Gentile mind, it characterizes the Gentile mind in particular uh, qualities that are very, very important for us. That the first thing the Bible says about the Gentile mind is that the Gentile mind is like the mind of a child. It is tossed to and fro. Why have you not yet been able to build your financial future? You have got no mental fortitude. You have got no mental fortitude. You have got no mental focus. The Bible says they are like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, you cannot build money and attract money chasing the wind. You have to make up your mind that if you're going to operate in wisdom, you cannot be chasing the wind because children are trying to chase the wind. And so the mind of the Gentile is like the mind of a child and the mind of a child cannot be able to create wealth. It can only operate by the power of reward and request and so it has to look for a favorable environment a favorable opportunity a favorable time for it to operate but it is not the mind of the kingdom and nobody makes money with a restless mind there is a level of focus that is required that the Gentile does not have because his mind is ever moving from food to water to money to clothes to this they have got no bigger picture of what exactly they have to do in order that they never need food, they never need clothes, they never need anything because they have created a system of production that is relative, that is that is not just relative, but it is superior to sustain them in any environment. And so this particular kind of person has no capacity to function in adversity because he or she is ever trying to wipe away the rust because his heart has been attached or he has created a system that is trying to build wealth where there is rust and constantly he is never able to break the ceiling but we are going to ask God that he removes that is the first quality of the Gentile mind it is a Gentile mind the Bible says Ephesians chapter 4 that you no longer be children 
and you no longer be Gentiles. You no longer be children and you no longer be Gentiles because the children, it talks about the futility, the futility of their minds, the futility of their minds. So it is important for you to capture that in the, in the word of God so that you may know that the Gentile is walking in a place of futility. In a place of futility, in a place of futility, and so here uh, I've put it here in the in the in the in the in the in the amplified Bible, which I want to to use to teach us today, so that you may just capture the the Greek of it, how it is put, and and how it has it has been uh, translated, so that you can be able to know that you can actually discover that when a, when a Gentile is operating, they have not built their inner frame because that is what a child is. They have got no inner frame. They have got no inner wisdom. When you looked at Jesus, the Bible says that he grew in wisdom. When you're talking about a child, we are talking about frail. Uh, so a child is a frail person. Uh, when you're looking at a baby, they are frail people. And so when you have a gentile mind, you become frail when it comes to financial matters. And that is why when a, a sudden turn occurs in the financial systems of the world, because you are frail, you enter into worry instead of rising into kingdom because you enter into worry because you are frail and no wonder you keep speaking who and how they are going to do it but that is not the plan of God because when the wisdom of God comes into your life it comes to remove the inner frailty that is lodged within you and the Gentile people the Gentile mind is the frailty in the mind that makes them be controlled by their senses by their seasons and by their situations in any single moment but the kingdom mind is a spiritual mind and spirituality is not frailty. Spirituality is not frailty. Wisdom is not frailty. And if you capture this today, you are going to ask God to remove the frailty in your life because Ephesians says this, that they have been firmly joined together. When the Bible is talking about the, the Gentile, it says, when it's talking about the church, it says that God has given gifts so that things may firmly join together and may supply. And that is what the wisdom of God does when it comes to resources, that you are firmly joined together and you are able to supply. Now, you can never supply apply if you are not firm, if your faculties are loose, if your minds are sensual, if your minds are sensational, if your minds are situational, if your mind is seasonal, that is a gentile mind. And that gentile mind will cost you more because children waste opportunities of building. Children have no comprehension of opportunities because they are operating in frailty. That is why when they are hungry, they cry because they are frail. They don't know how to cook their own food. They don't know how to get their own food. But that is what is frailty. And that is why when I tell you to wake up and pray in the morning together with us, I'm not telling you that because it is my job to pray for you. It's not my job to pray for you. I'm trying to remove the frailty that has been lodged within you by the system of the world that has made you to be concerned whether you've got the cough or you don't have the cough. If you have the cough, they will come and get you. But before you get the cough or if you ever get the cough, why are you allowing your mind to become frail instead of training your mind? The Bible talks of Hebrews, they have trained their senses and they have come out of frailty 
of the mind. And that is what wisdom becomes. It, it becomes the fortitude of the mind so that now you can remain firmly connected and now you can supply. You can make two different parts work together. You can find the part that is required for the functions that you're looking for in the name of Jesus Christ. So it is, it is a it is a state of frailty. So the Gentile mind is the first characteristic that you see about, about the Gentile. And then the second thing, that frailty uh, builds on to say they walk in the futility of their minds. They are, they are, they are, they are walking in, 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 in immediateness. They, they have no sense of future. They, they are walking in the futility. And that word uh, uh, futility uh, is the word empty. 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 And that's the quality that you will see that is synonymous with children. They say when a child is born that his mind is tabula rasa. Tabula rasa means that you have to program it. So when you say I speak kamba, it's because a kamba was speaking to you. When you say I speak kisi, a kisi spoke to you. Somebody wrote codes of kisi in you and eventually you begin to say I am a kisi or I am a kamba or I am a luya because our mind is tabula rasa and the Bible says the Gentiles, they are operating with emptiness of the mind and that is why the Bible says out of the abundance now, you cannot be wealthy. You cannot have material wealth if you don't have volumes of information of how money is mastered. Not how just to get money, but how to master money. Because your gift, if your gift is operating in an empty head, in an empty soul, others put the futility of the mind, rather the emptiness of the souls, the undeveloped souls. Somebody has programmed you to worry with situations. And that is what emptiness creates. It creates a sensational, situational, and seasonal type of person. When the season is high, you celebrate. I've been asking people, we have just been on lockdown for three, four weeks, and you have already collapsed. You have already quit. You are already suicidal. You are already having an emotional and nervous breakdown. And you've been a Christian for more than six months. How then can you say you've been a child of God? What have you been taking in as a child of God? That means that you have not yet fully understood the new man. It has been the old man taking the new man to church. And that is why when you got to church, all you did was start up fires. All you did was start up quarrels. All you did was get into other people's business because it was the old man driving the new man to church and so the old man has not learned anything of substance and significance and he does not know how to create with his spirit because when situations change and seasons change whenever there is darkness it is a time for spiritual creation it is not a time for emotional reaction it is a time for spiritual creation and when there is emptiness of the mind it is a state of the child you're not only to and fro. You don't lack firmness, but now you're operating in emptiness. That is why you're wondering, you don't know what to do. You're saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'll survive. I don't know how to do this. And if there is emptiness of the mind, it says the futility of their mind. It is a state of the Gentile mind. It is a state of the Gentile mind. Whew.
I, I want to put that to you. If you want to be healed, you cannot be healed with emptiness. When we are talking about prayer, prayer is the the, the building that the, we are doing. You are like retabularating. That's what tabula, tabularization, tabulate. So the mind of a child is tabularasa. When a child is born, you cannot say he's such an intelligent child. He's an innocent child. You have to tabularate them. You have to program them to understand language, to understand fire, to understand danger. But for many of us, you have remained uh, untabularated. We have, we have not put in anything yet about, so we love, uh, that's why we love money, but we don't know how to create things that can be able to increase our money. And if you are doing it in one place, you are so much consumed by it, you don't know how to do it in large scale because you have no capacity, your, 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 your soul has no frame uh, to be able to do it multiple times. The plan of God is multiplication. The plan of God is not feeding you. The plan of God is multiplication. Okay. Okay. I want to read a verse in 1 Corinthians as we are talking about the emptiness. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 40. It says, There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, 40. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of a terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. Hear me. We may all be stars, but our difference is in our glory. And what gives stars and moons glory is the intensity of light. A moon has no intensity of its own of light. So a moon only reflects the light from other stars like the sun. And so the moon is seen to be shining until when something moves. And when something moves, the glory of the moon disappears. But in the earth realm, the clouds may be raining like if it's raining where you are. It's raining right now where I am. We may not see the sun because it's dark. But the sun is still shining. Because the sun does not derive its light from anywhere, but from within itself. Now, many of us in our financial matters, we are like the moon. We go and check what is the stock exchange saying? What is your mother saying? What is this saying? And so you're trying to plan your life based on how you are reflecting the light uh, that is coming from around you because there is the emptiness within you that you don't know how to operate and develop an intensity of light from within you. The Bible says in him was life, and I'm getting to that, and that life was the light of men. That life gave men energy and intensity, and that's the third thing I want to talk about here. It says, 
having their understanding darkened, they have been alienated from the life of God. Now hear this, you cannot access the life of God with a darkened understanding. And that is what I want to talk about, intensity, and that is energy. When we talk about uh, the Gentile mind, it means they have a low intensity, a low energy for doing things. You, I call people to pray at four o'clock in the morning. Most of you say you are tired and you ask you, how can you be tired? Uh, and, and most of us are working from home and, and most of us have got to be, all of us have got to be home by seven. What else could you be doing that kept you up that long? But everybody feels a sense of tiredness and you wonder how can you be tired and you haven't worked? But there is a something that comes in us. It is the spirit of uh, Asedia. Uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is a spiritual condition. Uh, the old Catholic churches believed that it was the foundation of laziness because when you're looking uh, at the at the, at the at a child, a child cannot do high intensity work and making money and creating wealth is high intensity. It is high energy to build anything of substance. It is a high energy process, but because children have got diverted energies, scattered energies, they have got no centralized and channeled energies, when you put them to a task for an hour, they easily get bored, they easily get distracted, because they are caught up by the mood of the moment. And so we talk about the Gentile mind, and we see that the Bible says they have been separated from the life of God because they have a darkened understanding Understanding. And this understanding that has been darkened separates you from the life of God. Now hear this. Everything God has for you, you can only capture it through your understanding. And I taught you that that is how you are able to apply God's principles in different times. And so wisdom is what generates and feeds understanding. But a Gentile mind has got no life. It has got no root in the life of God. And the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was with God. The same that was in the beginning was with God is the same that became God. And that word became in, in him was life and that life was the light of men and that word life uh, is the word and that became light is the word energy or force for men and so when you are dealing with financial matters the bible says it is a forceful work it will take high energy hear me and hear me well those of us who are students of physics you know very well nothing moves unless a force greater than it acts upon it. Now, if you're going to change your life financially, unless the life of God acts with you and moves you and you're able to operate and do and focus and have fortitude and force and firmness, you are not going to make a child of God. You are not going to make it. That is why many of us, is not that we are not uh, hardworking. It's not that many of us don't need, have no needs of money. But as we have needs of money, we have a Gentile mind. We have a Gentile mind. We have got no tangible projects. We have got no tangible goals that we need money for. Most of it is for show off. Most of it is to stand out. But God says not every light is the same. Some celestial beings generate light from within themselves. Other terrestrial beings generate light from others. And so in the financial uh, structure, there are those who generate from within 
and those who generate from without. If you are not self-driven, if you are not self-motivated, that means for you to be self-driven, you must be spiritually alive. That is what spirituality builds for you. It is not for God to go and get you money. It is that God will give you the spiritual energy. He will energize you to go and get the money that you want. All of us can be rich if we want. We don't need to be poor the rest of our life and wake up our grandmothers from their graves and say that there is a curse in place. There is a force greater, but that force cannot contact us because our understanding has been darkened. So again, this video will not go up tonight. Uh, you have to choose. You have to choose. You have to choose. You cannot be quitting every week. God told Joshua, don't be discouraged. God told Joshua, don't be weak. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. If you are easily discouraged, when will you be rich? If you have three weeks to take off after a setback, if it takes you four months to get up from something that failed four months ago, how will you get there? How will we get there? Who will then be rich? Jesus says in the book of 1 John chapter 4 that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So anything in the world is great, yes. Lack of food is great, but there is a greater in you. But if you are a child, you are frail. You have no force. You have no energy. You have no energy. You have no energy for life. You have no energy for life. And it is important that we mention that here. It is important that we mention that here. It is important that we mention that here. So we start there. And so the Gentile mind, and so what the, what the spirit of the world does, and this is how uh, poverty is that, is that it gives you energy for things that have got low rewards. It gives you energy for things that have got low rewards, low returns. And, and, and we are just building slowly, and then we, we move on uh, and, 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 and see here, the Bible says that uh, when you're talking about their understanding darkened, it's that it is clouded. And, and it says that, and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Now, there's a difference between a darkened understanding and it says because of the ignorance. And what is ignorance? It is willful blindness. Willful blindness. And what you see here is that the Gentile mind has got a willful displeasure towards knowledge willful blindness it says and they are separated from the life of god because so the darkened understanding the reason why they have no they have low force is because they have a willful displeasure they are their appetite for knowledge their appetite for information is so low they cannot be able to uh, sustain uh, a, a life of learning. They simply cannot be able to sustain a life of learning. Uh, other versions put it like, uh, let me get it here. Other versions say uh, they have this uh, deep-seated, it is so deep-seated in them because of the ignorance that is in them. So you can see that poverty is your identity that has been shaped with the wrong information. It is not that poor people are not informed, but they are not informed with the right information. And ignorance is willful blindness. 
Ignorance is willful blindness. And because of willful blindness, many of us, our lives will lose uh, progress. Our lives will lose direction. Because you are trying to get something that does not belong to you. Notice this. Wealth is in knowledge. If you read Proverbs 24, it says, Through wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established. But through knowledge it is filled with good things. So whatever you want to fill your life, you must know it. And now, if you don't know money, but you want money, it will never fill your life. It will be scarce in your life. It will be scarce in everything that you do. And so without that, 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 that giving of ourselves, uh, towards uh, getting uh, the right knowledge uh, and we are going to see in the book of uh, 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 Colossians when the Bible talks in Colossians about knowledge it doesn't talk about any kind of knowledge Colossians chapter 3 says that the knowledge that we need not listen to this not every knowledge makes you a master mm. Not every knowledge makes you a master. Not every knowledge makes you a master. Colossians 3 says, But you, because you have to discover that what we are calling knowledge here is the agent of feeding the new man. And that's the last person you'll talk about. Is the agent of growing the new man. And so because you have information that has been feeding the old man, you have no information that is feeding the new man. And the new man is greater and superior to the old man, but uninformed, he remains deformed. Colossians chapter 9, chapter 3, verse 10 says, And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. Who is renewed in knowledge? Colossians 3.10 And so when you're looking at the, the knowledge of the Gentile, it is a knowledge that is fed and is feeding the old man. Not every knowledge makes you a master. Because the knowledge of the new man, it makes and shapes and, 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 and extracts the old man so that she can now allow the new man to form because it says who is being renewed according to the image of him who created him. Now, the knowledge that I'm talking about here is the knowledge that builds the image of who you are authentically. Now, not every knowledge uh, uh, not every knowledge makes you a master. Most of the world's poverty has been perpetuated by knowledge that has deformed the new man. It has not uh, transformed or renewed the new man because the knowledge that transforms is the knowledge that brings the image of Christ or the image of God in you. Now, for you to be rich, remember, you must have the right image. And that right image is what will build in you the quality that will help you be able to achieve the thing that God has for you. Now, problems like these of electricity should not be happening in countries that people are claiming that we are, I don't know what percentage, Christian. But what do you do? This is what we settled for. So we have to start here.
And let's move quickly so that we this may not get us. So Colossians 3.20 says, And have put on the new man. So there is an old man that has an apathy for knowledge, has an apathy for the image that needs to be built in order for you to become a kingdom son. And this old man has no appetite for that knowledge. He has no desire to grow in that knowledge. And that knowledge is not information. That knowledge is revelation. That knowledge is the uncovering of the spirit. That knowledge is the awakening of the spirit. And it is a knowledge that can only be taken when you are a spiritual person. And so it says the old man and the new man. So what is poverty? It is the old man. The Gentile is the old man reigning over the new man. That is the Gentile mind. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number four, if you see the old man, if you see the old man, it says, but you people which was created according to God. So this new man is the exact, is the exact image of the son of God. Now, no son of God, no son of God lacks sustenance in any situation. Because sons of God are those who are bequeathed with the dominion of God. Now, without the image of the Son of God arising within you, sickness will control you, money will control you, emotions will control you, anger will control you, lust will control you. You will be so restless, you will remain in that childish state. And so the image of the new man is now when you have come to the place that now the new man has separated itself from the old man. And today, if you are going to have results, the separation between the old man and the new man must occur. Because if that separation does not occur, then man becomes diabolical. Man becomes diabolical. Man becomes a dual nature. Man becomes an inner conflict nature. Many of us, there are things we want to do, but we keep second guessing ourselves because we have no one voice. We have two voices fighting in our heads. We have got two trees fighting in our heads. We have got two good and evil fighting in our heads. And by the time we want to make the right decision, when we want to make the right decision, we feel fear. When we want to make the wrong decision, we we feel as if we are under stress and you're wondering why is it that doing the right things has fear and the wrong things has stress but God has not designed picture of the environment God never designed you like that but if you don't bring the new man the new man is the one which is above the environment the new man is the one which operates and transacts with a different frequency. Now, the new man, and which is the last thing you're going to see about the child, because the child, the, the, the Gentile mind, as you have said, is not only darkened, but operates in ignorance. He has an apathy for knowledge. Uh, they, 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 they have an apathy. They have blindness towards knowledge. You put knowledge before them. They will choose food. They have no investment towards the knowledge of the truth. Right now, as you're listening to me, this is an investment of that knowledge that you need so that you separate the inferior light to the superior light, that you separate the old from the new, that you separate that and now you are able maybe to come to what I'll be uh, building my case on the last one so that now you can understand uh, what has become. So you see the Gentile mind is ignorant, is ignorant, is ignorant. 
is ignorant to what God uh, has shaped and framed for it to be. And so I challenge you uh, as we move on uh, to the fourth, to the fifth thing, as the quality uh, of the of the Gentile mind is that it says that finally it says the Gentile mind it says finally which grows according to the corruption this is Ephesians chapter four but it says verse number twenty three and be renewed in the spirit of your mind be renewed in the spirit of your mind now you have to know this that the Gentile mind is monolithic, is mono, it's a, it's a mono, it's a, it's a, it's a monochrome, it's a mono dimension, it's a singular dimension, but it has no capacity to emerge out of the single, uh, singular direction, uh, sing, uh, uh, from the singular dimension. The Bible talks here that our mind and be renewed in the spirit of our minds. That is to tell us that the kingdom child is a multidimensional person. And what I want to show you is that the Gentile mind is not multidimensional. Children are monolithic. They, they, they have no able to think of skills and that's why they cannot solve multiple problems and that is why they remain in the house because they cannot be trusted by crossing a road where there are many things happening we say whenever many things are happening don't put a child there because chances are they will get hurt if you want when we say if you come to our church when they open Ah, we say make the room open don't put anything there because they have one dimension and that dimension is play that dimension is play and poverty thrives and predates on people who are monolithic they have a mono way of doing things they cannot be multi-dimensional and i want to show you uh, the bible says and be renewed by the power of the mind that is to say that the gentile mind struggles in change moments uh, it's, it struggles in moments of transition. It struggles with allowing new forms because God does not say I am repairing the, the old man. He says I am doing and bringing up a new thing. And so the Gentile, they struggle with new. Like when now we are in, this is maybe this is the new normal. And so when it is a normal has changed, what is normal? A norm. A norm has changed. The Gentile begins to shrink because he doesn't know how to live without his norms. He doesn't know how to develop new norms. And because he can't create new norms, he begins to pound the wall and pound the door and ask that take us back to the norms. But when the norms have been removed, the Gentile mind does not know how to function. But if you have a kingdom mind, you have got a spirit that quickly renews itself. And that word renew is quickly reinvents itself and creates a new norm in the new normal. And if you struggle with reinvention and that's what many of us are in we are struggling with reinvention we are struggling with how will we uh, be able to do ABCD if you look at your business you'll discover there are some reinventions that you require that maybe were not necessary but 
praying for the old to come so that you can go back to normal. It is asking God to do the old and to bless the old. But God is multidimensional. He says, I move you from glory to glory and every glory requires reinvention. And because you're struggling with reinvention, because you have to know this, if you don't have the right identity, you will not fit in a new dimension. And so if your identity, which is formed by knowledge, does not allow yourself to shape up with the new norm, to come up with a new set of norms, because you're trying to so quickly go back to the new normal. You're trying to go and take pictures where you used to take pictures. You're trying to go and you're wondering, what will I do? How do I remain productive and creative? And let me tell you, there is dignity in labor. There is dignity in work. There is dignity in, in production. And what the enemy has frustrated is the normal ways of producing. But he has not shut the inventional and the non-conventional ways of doing things. And so a kingdom child, those of us who are of the kingdom, the Bible says we operate from a dimension called heaven, not just earth. So as much as the Bible says this, though we are in the earth, we are not of the earth. We are not of the earth. And so many of you, because you are in the earth, you are trying to behave like the earth. And no wonder you are struggling and you are decaying. But if though you are in the earth, your mind, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, that you can set your mind, you can adjust your mind, you can reinvent your mind, that it sets itself and settles on the things that are above, and it says in this, if then you are raised, because many of us, we are raised in our spirits, but we are not raised in our minds. So our spirits are saved, but our minds are still stuck and operating like the old man. And so the old man is telling you, Fear, run, shun, kill, abuse, blame, uh, quarrel, divert, diversify, da, 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 divert your energies. Something I cannot do, I am paralyzed. But the new man, the Bible says, Colossians chapter 3, that the new man has been raised. And so the new man is seeking those things that are above. So what should happen for you to break out is to know that you don't have to settle where the has settled. You can reinvent yourself. And the only way to reinvent yourself is you've got to refocus and reshape your identity to a new identity. And that identity, you already have it, but the old man has sat on that identity and that identity is frustrated. Check this out. And it says, set your mind Ephesians, uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. That is the hardest stage of deliverance to get people to set their minds on things because they don't know anything but the earth. They don't know anything but the earth. They don't know any other way but the earthly way of doing things. They don't know any other thing but the earth. And so if you tell them that they don't set themselves on the earth, they are wondering, how, how will I not set myself on the earth? I only know earth. I only do earth. I only rock earth. I only do the things that are related to the earth. But if you because your mind has never gone through uh, rapid renewals and stages of renewal and, and to renew 
uh, is to take a new form, a permanent new form. And that's what change is. Change is an irreversible process. When your mind has gone through the inventions, it becomes irreversible for it. That where your mind is set, the Bible says set. Uh, I'll read it for you here in the amplified version uh, so that you may get uh, the, the connotation of the setting. So the thing I want you to know is that you are struggling financially because of the Gentile mind and the Gentile mind are settings. It is the settings that you're using in the pursuit of your financial matters. It is a setting that you are applying in the use and in the pursuit of your life and of your financial uh, matters. Uh, Colossians uh, chapter 3. I want to read it for you here. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I'll read it for you here. Colossians 3. It says, If you then be reason, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Then it puts this word, it moves things. It says, set your affection on things. We talked about the heart. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth, for you are dead. That is to tell you that when you get to this place of change, it becomes as though you've gone dead. You become unresponsive. And when people find that you're unresponsive, they think you're not careful. And that is what worry is. Worry is the responsiveness to the things of the earth without a, an ability to apply spiritual authority and taking your place in solving those things. And so you settle for worry because you don't know how to, you just respond. Uh, there is no money, you respond. And you start responding thinking, oh, there is no money, I'm going to burn, I'm going to lose everything. And so we have to fix this. We have to separate the old man. We have to remove the old man. We have to make the old man go away. We have to let it go so that we can begin to remove. Because the old man, remember, he's walking in childishness. He's walking in emptiness. He's walking in darkness. He's walking in ignorance. And eventually, he's walking in one dimension. How can such a person prosper? You tell me. If I came and told you, well, you, 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 you are employing somebody in your business, or you are employing somebody, and they say, well, you know what? I am empty. I am simple-minded. Mm, I have no capacity and comprehension for understanding. Uh, I, am, I am empty. Would you bequeath such a person by just them starting and saying that I am restless. I have no ability to remain focused. I don't have an ability to finish things. Automatically you begin to know this one is trouble. This one is trouble. So what do we do? We have to put on the new man which is being created, which is constantly undergoing renewal. And every time you extract the old, the new forges forward. Every time you extract the old, the new 
forges forward. Every time we remove the old, the new forges forward. And as the new is forging forward, it is removing the Gentile mind. And it is planting in you a kingdom operation, a kingdom setting, a kingdom uh, plowing, a kingdom methodology that is able to, to work on you. And so we have to tell ourselves, are we ready for the new or are we repairing the old? You are still trying to fix the old. David did not say create in me, uh, heal the old heart that you gave me. He said create in me a new, a new, a clean. Don't, don't give me the old. God says I'm doing something new. So what we are seeing now, God is already doing the new. By the time this becomes, now that corona is the normal, God has moved to the new. What will be the new post-corona? So what is happening? What norms will become the new normal? Now, if you can develop the new norms post-corona, you are rich. What will be the new norms? Whew. What is the new norms? If you can have the new norms, if you can generate the new norms, because the Gentile is operating with worldly norms, worldly normals. That's why we get the word normalcy. Colossians tells us, bearing one another, forgiving one another, even another complaint, even Christ forgave you, blah, blah, blah. But it says this, but above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are called in the body and be thankful. And then verse 16, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16. This is how we separate the Gentile mind because God says that there are Gentiles and there are kingdom people. And the Gentile is trying to create the old in a new. Jesus says old wine can never be put in new wineskin. And so if you want to remove the Gentile mind, because we can, we are talking about wealth. And before we talk about wealth, I told you that it takes the blessed blessing and it takes wisdom. And the blessing is about being and the wisdom is a manner of doing. And so wealth is a being that has developed a manner of doing that is profitable. So you can be doing the right things. But from the wrong being, your being is what determines your doing. So many of you are trying to change your habits without changing your nature. So even if I give you a million shillings right now, why do you think the people who win the lottery, they may have done something to win the money, but their being does not have capacity for that kind of money. So because their being will go back to their new normal, because you have to know this, and I told you I'm writing rules about money, that money loves to grow. Money loves to grow and it always cannot go beyond the person who possesses it. It will always settle on the size of your maturity. And so if you, if your level is 10 million and by the grace of God, you mean a, you get a hundred million by your capacity, you will automatically begin to dispose the 90 million. You will come up with crazy, crazy, stupid madness. Your being will just come up with a mannerism of only remaining with 10. It will find a way to dispose the 90 because it has got no room for the 90. Mm. Let's put on this. How do we put on this? The Bible says, verse 16, it says, Colossians 3:16. it says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So unfortunately, 
We are reading the word of God, but not for the wisdom that comes from it. Let the word, so the richness of the word of God is the wisdom you get from the word of God. And remember, I've told you that wisdom is the fortitude of the mind. But children in financial matters, the Gentile are children. They are frail in their minds. And so when they don't have the, the purpose of the word of God was to develop wisdoms. And what is wisdom? An ability to handle diverse pressures. An ability to handle diverse pressures. When you have uh, the wisdom of God, then the wisdom of God will birth the understanding. And what is understanding? An ability to respond correctly in diverse pressures. So wisdom is the ability. Understanding is response. When you have the ability and the response, that is the customized response that is uh, required for your season, then even now, as people are beginning to make financial decisions, most of us are making them from a Gentile mind. But in every Gentile path, there is a kingdom order that is above it, but it is hidden. And the thing about the wisdom of God, it is always hidden from the Gentile. Oh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we speak the wisdom, not the wisdom of this world or the wisdom of the rulers of this age. So what the rulers of this age are giving you is knowledge, not wisdom. What the child of God, when the rulers of this age say one, two, three, four, that is not your wisdom. Now you go to the place where you find your wisdom. When you find your wisdom with the knowledge that you have received from the rulers of this world. But unfortunately, we have made what the knowledge of this world, the rulers of this world tell us to be our wisdom. And instead of it helping us, so they give us knowledge and then they make themselves the solution. And they divorce you from the solution and they tell you now, wait, we will find a way to solve the problem for you. But I've known one thing about money, man. Money never waits. Money is ever moving. It is a currency. It is ever moving. So if you're waiting, you lack the understanding to make the necessary move. You should move. Where has money moved? Where has money moved? And move there. Right now, money is being made in homes. Now move. What can I do in homes? How can I do it safely? How can I do it within the systems that are given there? Money has moved. But the old is saying, money will come back because I prayed. Money will come back because I declared. Money will come back because I'm a good boy. Money will come back because I've never broken a heart. You are joking. You are joking. You are joking. There is no single day money will pity you. Guess this. Money does not miss you. It doesn't miss you. It is not obligated to you. It is not your brother or your sister. It doesn't care that you don't have it. It doesn't feel less because you have less of it. It doesn't care that you don't have it. It only is able to go where the wisdom is. And where wisdom is, it goes into understanding. And the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In all wisdom. Ah. In all wisdom. So if you want to remove the old man, the word of God cannot be something you come to listen to here in the evening as you're scrolling through the TV and say a little prayer and hope that by the end of the week they will give us five days and we will be back to normal. While the word of God is coming to you, it is coming in all wisdom. And what is wisdom? It will give you capacity to create capacity to connect and capacity to clarify. So if you cannot have wisdom, you can't create. Wisdom is creative ability. 
It will give you the ability to create a solution even now in this season because wisdom is already looking through darkness and it is starting to bring light. Which kind of light are you? Wisdom is internal. Wisdom is within you. It says, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, in all wisdom, in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing. So what the wisdom of God does is that it teaches you, it calls you to, it gives you an appetite to start seeking a way of getting understanding. It gives you, and that's what teaching is, it sharpens and refines your understanding. And it says when it does that, admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your heart, and then verse 17, it says, and whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord, that the God of Jesus and, and the God of our Father, giving thanks to God through our Father. Now, unfortunately, when you have a lot of doing and less that has not been born out of wisdom, it will just create waste. And that is what is happening. Many of us are going to waste money because we are doing things without wisdom. Before you start doing, get wisdom. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do. Yes, God requires action. Money is action. Money loves and it follows actions. Your actions determine your money. But if your actions, your mannerisms are not controlled by your being, your wisdom, then you're going to struggle. Your blessing, you're going to struggle. I have to put this to you very quickly because you're running out of time. We're running out of time. It says, when it's talking about the old man, Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning your former conduct. Many of us are just doing the same thing that you've always done. Your former conduct is your current conduct. Your former conduct is your current conduct. Many of you are losing uh, uh, opportunities uh, of, 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 of propulsion because of your former conduct. And unfortunately, your former conduct is your current conduct until you call yourself, you know me, I am this type. You're not that type. You are not that type because you are a kingdom child. You are a kingdom child. You are a kingdom child. And as a kingdom child, you are not trying to shape your personality to the environment. You are trying to shape the environment to the word. And so your personality must be like the image of the word that you are wanting to express. God is still God even in this season. And the Gentile mind... The Gentile mind, the Gentile mind, it is an enemy of God. The Gentile mind, Jesus called it the Gentile mind, and he says this, it doesn't seek the kingdom. And because it doesn't seek the kingdom, the kingdom is not a place, the kingdom is a way. The kingdom of heaven is a way of doing things like heaven. The kingdom of God is a way of doing things like God. The kingdom is not a, it's a way. It says, seek ye first the kingdom. That is, seek ye first the way of doing things. And his righteousness, that is the standards that he has set for doing things. Many of us are mediocre people because righteousness is standards. And where there is a kingdom, there is a standard. 
and where there is a way, there is excellence. And so if you want to really, really be able to allow this kingdom spirit, you kingdom child, you have to know that you have got to change your way of doing things. And this is what this time has come. The Gentile is struggling with change, but the kingdom child cannot struggle with change because the kingdom child must be removing the old man. Whenever a change is about to hit, the first thing that you should know is your target is not your bank account. It's the old Whenever a change is occurring, if you see something is not happening right in your relationship or something is not happening right in your finances or something is not happening right in your leadership, just know a change is required. And a change has first come to challenge what is the old. Because the danger is this. Old wine can survive in a new wine skin. But new wine cannot survive in an old wine skin. When new wine enters an old wine skin, it bursts it. Meaning it wastes completely. When Jesus is talking about wine, he's talking about format. He's talking about controls of the mind because wine is something that can control and 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 influence your thinking and when he's talking about wine he's talking about thought forms and he says whenever there is new wine skin trying to be poured into old wines and this is where we are the old man when it receives the new man automatically it suppresses and wastes the new man I challenge you, tonight I have to close. Now, unfortunately, because of electricity, I, I don't think this video, maybe it will stay, we'll keep it up maybe until midnight because of the power issues. I always think, children of God, you deserve excellence. Uh, and we are going to work towards ensuring that you get excellence. But you have to know that there is a Gentile mind. And it, because it is frail, it operates by worry. When it operates by worry, it separates itself from the life of God, from the force of God, from the wisdom of God, from the things of God. And when it separates itself from there, it appears as if it is trying to create safety. But hear this, in times of change, safe is the most unsafe. Safe is the most unsafe. Renewal, that is the abnormal, the stretch you're feeling. The adjustments that you have to make, the disturbances that you're introducing into your life, as you're removing the old way of doing things, the old may remain as a wineskin. People may look at you and just say, hey, this is just Swelly. I know him, I've seen him. But if the old just allows the new wine to come in, it will create a new strength, a new potency. And that is what new wine, when the Bible is talking about wine, new, the reason why they called it new wine, uh, well, I, I used to do some things before I became a pastor. And what they say about wine, when they say something is new, is that sometimes they would store some wine and maybe there's some fermentation process occurs. And what you are used to no longer gets you high. And that's normal. What you're used to, no longer used to get as high. 
And and maybe the first time, for those of us who are drinkers, you discover, maybe the first time you took a shot of something and, and you, you got so high, you, you had to be carried home. Or maybe you got so high, you woke up with migraines. But suddenly you got to a place, it no longer got you high as quickly. It no longer got you high as 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 you used to you could before you'd take one or two shots and you'd feel your head is clouded but now you can do four and drive straight home because your mind has flexions that 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 perceptual assets that the first day something new it shocks them it strains them it feels as if what is this what is happening to us we are being taken over and then suddenly it stretches and then it becomes normal and then it creates a new appetite it takes more now, in Bible times, when they talked of new wine, is when people would drink it, they would discover it has a new potency. Mm. Uh, I, I, I used to take four glasses of this, but one glass of this, I cannot retain my control of faculties just at a, a glass of this because it's new. I have never experienced the, the taste of it in my perceptual sets. It's so intense that my mind cannot contain and it automatically says hi we are drunk now that is what happens when the kingdom comes it brings a highness for those of you who have never drunk i have to have got no other illustration i'm just trying to use what jesus used he used wine i'm trying to to be near wine as possible i wish he used juice but he used wine so i'll, I'll try and use the wine but if you have never drunk, uh, that is how we get high. Uh, the first day you take it, it hits you. Then it becomes normal. It becomes normal. And then a friend calls you and tells you there's new this new drink that has come. Let's try it. You try it and suddenly you begin to feel it has gone into areas that you never thought you could get you could get that high again with taking very little. That is the kingdom. It is the way. The Bible says, put on the former old man with its former conduct. The Gentile does not renew his mind. So the Gentile is operating with wine that has lost potency, with knowledge that has lost potency. When he goes out and invites people, they take it, they feel like they're taking water. But the new wine that God gives. He says he saves the best for last because the new wine that God gives, it is so potent. When you renew your mind, the kingdom increases the potency. And when you have a potent mind, whatever you seed, wherever you release your energies, suddenly it captures, it conceives, and it goes forward. A good man, out of the potency, out of the fullness, not a little. You can't be listening today and running tomorrow, uh, praying today, running away tomorrow, yearning today and saying tomorrow I'm tired. No, no, no. Out of the fullness of his heart. So my job is to make sure that your heart is so full. When your heart will be so full, you'll just start bringing forth. I want to pray for you. Sorry for the emergencies that we have had Uh of uh, electricity uh, it happened beyond our power but I pray that you have learned something of value as a kingdom child I pray that uh, 
as we are journeying in this thing, when David brought down Goliath, he discovered that Goliath has no potency. Poverty is predating on the impotent. Not the uneducated, they have no potency. They are Gentile in their minds. I pray that as you have heard me, the Holy Spirit has used something that I've said and uh, has used something that I've said to let you know that it takes the wisdom of God. It takes the wisdom of God and it takes the blessings of God to make one rich. The being and the doing. That is the blessing is the being. You don't need to pray and cry, oh God, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed. Because if you have a father, he'll give you identity. And then the wisdom will give you destiny. And so those two things coming together, you are a sure bet that the identity of a blessing and the wisdom will give you destiny. I want to pray for you and I want to release you so that you can go and rest. Uh, we had technical challenges and... Uh, we are going to try and make it uh, as good as we can. Uh, but now this is what we have. And I pray that uh, you are using it for your good. Tomorrow we start praying at 4 o'clock in the morning. Why are you telling us to pray? I want you to remove the old man. I want you to start having potency. I want you to start introducing new wine. I want you to start separating from the old man. I want the old man to be so gone that when I start teaching you principles, because on Sunday I'll be teaching about monetizing it. You need to monetize what God has given you. And so tomorrow and maybe the other days we'll keep on building because now we are dealing with how to materialize whatever God has put in you. And unless the Gentile is removed... The Gentile is removed because the Gentile has no spiritual alertness and awakening. The Gentile is spiritually dead. He is one dimension and that's why he is stuck. And, and so tomorrow we will build on that, on, 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 uh, on the manifold wisdom and the, the manifold wisdom for wealth. And we'll build on that tomorrow so that you as a person will see how you can be able to enjoy the multi-dimension life. So I want you to wake up and pray with me at 4 in the morning. Many of you are joining at 4.30 when you're just about to close. I told you I'll be starting at 4 in the morning and I'll just be in prayer. When you join in, just join and pray. Don't join and wait. Join and pray. At 4.30, 4.40, come and just give a spiritual admonition that will help us to pray up to 5 and then we can go and sleep. I want you to know that there is a God who is ready to bless you. There is a God who is working right now, releasing the wisdom for the next, the wisdom for the next, and the understanding for the now. And so I want to challenge you right now. Uh, I want you to prepare your offering. Give your offering on pay bill number 200-302. Those of you who have a testimony, those of you who have received financial miracles this week that God has opened a window of heaven and poured out a blessing and poured out a blessing. When that blessing is poured, something begins to happen in your life. Something begins to happen in your life. So we are sharing the word. We are praying the word. We are waking up to pray and I'll be unlocking manifold the manifold wisdom. How to operate the manifold wisdom because you may have wisdom but you don't know how to manifest it. And so uh, I'll be teaching on that tomorrow so that you can begin to introduce some wisdoms in what you're doing. 
and uh, by the time we talk about monetizing it, you are going to have a fantastic time. So I want to pray for you. The pay bill number is 200302. I keep urging you to always uh, respond to God. Worship goes together with giving. There cannot be giving without worship, and there cannot be worship without giving. Worship is the giving. The Bible says present yourself as a living sacrifice, which is a reasonable act of worship. So there cannot be worship without sacrifice. And so whenever you give, you are sacrificing, but you are worshiping also. So whatever you give right now, and I want you to give in the spirit of understanding that what you are giving to is, is, is firm, firm, firm foundation that will change the rest of your life. So I want you to go to your pay bill number 200302. Uh, probably, I don't know how long, I'll, I'll see how long this can stay on because I believe God's children, even in the times and seasons we are in, they deserve the excellence that uh, God uh, has placed uh, in our hearts and in our minds. And I love God, giving God's people the best that I can. So my name has been Willie Odendo. I'm the lead pastor of Lifeful Chapel Outering Road. If you're a visitor and you've worshipped with us for the very first time, I want you to know that we bless the Lord for you. Feel welcome. Come tomorrow. Become a part of us. We want you to know that we love you with all of our hearts. I am here for you every day. I am here for you to teach you the word. I am here for you to program you and to let you know that when this is over, we are going to see and I'm going to teach uh, on what shall be the next things that shall happen. And so uh, tomorrow we are going to talk about those manifold wisdoms of God and uh, we are going to be enjoying the open heavens of our lives. So on Saturday, remember we have a prayer service, an open heaven healing service and a settlement service because God wants to settle some of our financial matters. And so every day in the morning as you're praying, on Saturday you're going to be having a settlement service and we believe that God can settle debt. God can settle mortgages. God can settle rent. God can settle uh, any unsettled case in your life. We want to believe God for it. I even feel an urge to talk about the new life and who we became in Christ uh, in the coming weeks. But we shall see uh, if the Lord and the Holy Spirit enables us to continue. So get to your pay bill number 200302. 200302 is the payable number. Uh, account name, you can write a tithe or an offering or a thanksgiving or a seed or an appreciation. Whatever the Lord uh, puts into your heart. But as you give, I want you to know you are giving to the Lord. And may the Lord God bless you. May the Lord God keep you. I love you. Set your alarm for 4 o'clock. Sons and daughters, I told you. Uh, Jesus said that where my father is is where I am and where I am you may be also. So it is important for you to be where I am. Uh, roll back your blankets and get to pray. You'll go back and sleep because chances are we are only working for nine hours. By four or five we are back in the house. So you'll always have time to sleep or sleep early. Do whatever you need to do so that you can wake up and be in prayer together with me. I love you. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the manifestations of what we are learning in this season and the maturity of what shall come out of it. May God bless you. I love you. Do take care and stay in shape.